You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Sam Claiborne. Hey, Damon. Hello, Sam. And hey, Justin Damon. Davis. Scoop. Hello to Just Damon. And we've got a great show for you this week. Uh, we've got the, the the next gen version of Cyberpunk is out this week. We've got questions about what are the best points of entry to the Mario series and to the Sega Genesis in general. But first, this is an episode I've been looking forward to for many weeks now because we can finally talk about Horizon Forbidden West, which uh, several of us have been playing for several weeks now. I'm very deep into it. Um, Justin, I don't think you're playing it, but Justin is also playing, what is it? You're playing Lost Ark and Cyberpunk? Yeah. So we'll talk about both those in a little bit. Uh, we've we got to spend some time talking about Horizon. I think the, the best place to start is I want to let Scoop Nation know that I love it. It is uh, so. It's it's the first official Damie game of 2022. Ooh. If it had been if it had been released in 2021 as it was uh, supposed to be, it would have been my game of year of oh, 2021 cool. easily. It's the best open world game I've played since Ghost of Tsushima. I love it, love it, love it. I'm over 30 hours into it, but only 24 percent complete because I'm taking my sweet sweet time with it, doing everything I can except push the story forward. The map is enormous. There's a million, you know, dots and things to do on it. And I, I mean that in a good way. I don't mean that as a criticism. There are question marks all over the map. So I just like to open my map, run to a question mark, see like what that there is to do there. Maybe there's a ruin that's some sort of environmental puzzle to explore. Maybe it's a new pack of dinosaurs I haven't fought yet. Maybe it's a new town. So I just, yeah, I finish whatever that question mark is, then run to the next one. That's what, I, that's how, that's what I've been doing for the last three weeks of my life, basically. <laughs> Running to question marks on a map and just having the best time. 
Basically cool. same. I am about 67 hours in. I like to think that some Gosh. of that was probably on pause time. Yeah, I really hope some of it was on pause time because that's a, an embarrassing amount of time. I don't think it ticks um, up when you're, in, when, you're, when you're on the pause screen because you can look at your time in the menu, yeah, your statistics, exactly. and it's not ticking up while you're looking Ooh. at it. So Hold oh, out, that's Tina. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. I know. Well, yeah, now, now at least I can confirm that information is, is fully accurate because even if it did consider pause time, it would, it would not have shaved that much time mm-hmm. off of 67 hours. And I think my percentage last time I checked was like 54 or something. So that goes to show there's a lot you can do without actually like completing everything and progressing everything. I finally gave up on some of the littler things. Like I'm not doing all the errands for instance, cause I'm just not getting mm-hmm. as much enjoyment out of it, but I'm very laser focused on every single side quest. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of random other additional like exploratory things like finding all those question marks, doing the ruins. The ruins are fun um, and you get lots of uh, different chests that you can open up, which is good because the rest of my time I'm spending trying to make sure I'm upgrading all of my items. Um, and it takes a lot. Everything from the weapons themselves to the pouches that you have to increase the mm-hmm. ammunition per each of those weapons. And in my opinion, completely necessary for mm-hmm. upgrading all of those things. So it's spending. It's taking up a lot of my time. I'm spending a lot of time on it. Um, I'm enjoying progressing forward, especially because I think my favorite thing, probably like everybody, is the combat um, and, mm-hmm. and fighting all of the robo dinosaurs, how unique they are, how many different weapons you can attach to uh, suit the nature of different types of enemies and different components you need to tear off, but is very slow moving in some ways well, as well. Slow moving, but super enjoyable still for me. I like the upgrading system. I like how you can turn them into jobs. And it just, it just turns it. it into into another activity on your map that you yeah. can go to. To explain Great. that, like the materials in the game, like if you need, a, you know, a, a wishbone from a duck or yeah. if you mm-hmm. need like sack webbing from a, uh, a <laughs> dinosaur, like yeah. those are two different, very different things to get. And they're in different regions and the game will actually like draw out a little path to get an area where you can go do that. But it might be really hard. To, like we're actually watching a, a shot right now. Like these birds have a tail you need to knock off as like a key mm-hmm. component. Yeah, it's really fun. Like that, that, that for me, that's my, that's the game is like going. I think it's really useful. Yeah. Like it's really useful that you can turn anything into a job. So it just makes it that much more trackable in a very large environment, a very large map. Um, So that's cool. But I have spent entire gaming (laughs) sessions sitting down just like fishing and the equivalent Mm. of fishing is you're swimming on top of the fish and I'm like jamming the triangle button because it's not always like perfectly (laughs) registering it. So I got to say, not they're always right there, right out of reach. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just by like, you know, a pixel apparently. Yeah. Um, So hence the, this is the one time I'm a big proponent of button mashing as a, as a strategy is when you're trying to get the fish bones. But um, yeah, so I've, I've spent a lot of time like just doing that. Like I'll, I'll load up the game and I know that, you know, I want more health potions. I want more um, of my hunter bow arrows. uh, So I'm just going to spend time hunting. And I think a lot of people probably like hunting. Um, I think it's super easy and straightforward in Horizon. So it's just busy work. So I'm not mm. a huge fan of the progression on that type of thing. But I mean, I'm 67 hours in, like I'm pretty addicted. Yeah. I think that says something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, Sam, I think you probably out of all of us played the most out of the original Horizon. I think you're the only one that beat it. What yeah. do you think of Forbidden West? It's, it's really similar. Like don't don't expect like some giant change in gameplay or anything like that. I think they mm. increased, you know, everything in like... um quantity way and then some things in a quality way for sure i really like you know the 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 opportunities i have to go up high and then float down on 
I love the glider. Yeah, whatever the glider is. Like, yeah. when, when you're in areas where that's like a, an option, like I use it all the time and I really like that, that's like a good example of like that game. The original game had some issues with getting around and it wasn't as fun. I, you know, it's not like, it's not anywhere close to other games like Halo in terms of like making it really fun to get around everywhere. It's just not like that, but it is like Assassin's Creed. And I think it, it's, it's, this game is, you know, a, for some people, I think that it will be a better version of any Assassin's Creed game. Like, like I think Valhalla is, inc- or, um, yeah, Valhalla is uh, incredible. I, I think it's really great. I didn't get through all hundred hours of it. Uh, yeah. And this game, you know, is drawing me in just, a, just, just enough to, uh, you know, be more interested in completing it. But I, I do think it scratches the itch for, you know, any Assassin's Creed type game player. Like that's just, that's what this type of game is. And so don't expect some like new formula. Like I think Ghost of Tsushima is a new formula, you know? But like yep. this game feels a lot like the recent Assassin's Creeds, and it's just plus dinosaurs and post-apocalyptic like cool stuff. Like it's it has a lot going for it that I think people are going to really enjoy. So if there is an elephant in the room with Horizon, it's probably the climbing, right? I mean, it's still yeah. like it's just it's it can be janky or or not fun just because it's like it's you know it's just there's no challenge to it. It's like Assassin's Creed, like you run up a wall and you hold a button. You just get up that wall. And then sometimes it doesn't work very well. And that's when it's really frustrating. But it's not as free roaming as Assassin's Creed or obviously uh, Breath of the Wild. No, it's not like a literal golden path. (laughs) Yeah. So it's weird. It's like, so it's like, it's improved from the first game, but then not as open as other recent open world games, not just Mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild, but the, you know, the recent Assassin's Creed trilogy. Uh, And I just think it's an interesting choice. Like uh, Tina just said, your climbing path is this like very complicated golden route that zigzags up. Uh, hillsides and it's like you know i'm not a game developer but it almost seems like it would be easier to just make everything climbable rather than to program this weird zigzagging you know path that she can take mm-hmm. i will say there are certain parts of the the way that certain mountains are constructed if they have enough of a pocket or a ditch in them you can totally manipulate it so it doesn't have mm-hmm. that golden path where you hit your focus um, which is basically like a detective mode for anybody that doesn't know um, so when you hit your focus it, it lights up like you know here are the little like uh, ledges that you can climb on and everything that's scalable. So the ones that don't have that, if it does have those little like nooks and crannies, um, I've totally manipulated them and jumped over uh, to avoid enemies yeah. as needed or like try to cut down on my path, which occasionally completely backfires because you'll fall off and you have to redo the whole thing. So my intention of cutting down on the time doesn't always work, but mm-hmm. at least there is a little bit of unintentional climbing around some of that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's very, totally it's like otherwise very regimented. Mm-hmm. So like, how is it? it's in okay. environmental clipping it's like you can mm-hmm. you can go to the yeah. you can go up the side of a cliff if you can force it like you can totally mm-hmm. just hit jump over and over again and scramble it's really it's mm-hmm. you know I, I mean it's funny it's just like that's that that type of thing doesn't compute very well or, or when you like see like the scale of like some of the other next gen qualities of the game like there's no load times you know it's like it flashes out between you crossing the map instantly using you know quick travel or whatever like it's incredible or like when you see like a vista with like all the weather and the distant things drawn it's like it looks it looks absolutely incredible um this is a funny game though for that because i do have to stop myself and look at that because usually i'm looking straight in front of me or straight down climbing you know attacking like spinning around wildly while being attacked it's just funny to think about that like there's so much beauty in this game and i know i'm just missing it constantly and i think that's cool it is a really, really pretty game. Obviously, you know, I think we're all playing it on PlayStation 5. Um, but reports are that it runs well on PlayStation 4 as well. 
Uh, I never finished the first Horizon, although I played a good chunk of it, and then I got distracted by Breath of the Wild and never went back. So the, I didn't. I wasn't up on the story. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say coming into Forbidden West, I'm, I was like lost because I think they do a fairly good job of catching you up. But the story here isn't. It's not the draw for me. Like I said, I'm doing everything I can except push the story forward. Um, Tina, I know story, you tend to be a big fan of story in games. What do you think about Forbidden Wests? So I also similarly did not finish the first game. So I just kind of was like, oh, okay. So clearly this happened at the end of the first game. And now that's what we're working with here. And there's a lot of like verbiage, obviously, because it's a whole universe unto itself. It's a whole other generation. They're talking about um, past future times as well as future times that are in more of a past kind of environment. So there's, there's a lot to work with there. Um, and I didn't always follow it. Uh, didn't always necessarily need to follow it. Cause the one good thing about the story, um, if you're pursuing it is you get more of these like big battle set pieces. Um, sure. you'll get the, the, like, you know, the, the tucked in environments where you ha- you're like up against <clears throat> huge amount of crowds and there's a lot of crowd control and there's like the one main, you know, boss and you have completely useless AI companions that are with you. And occasionally they're tossing you like additional ammo. So that's cool, I guess. Um, but I like those kinds of challenges that they bring about, but I'm otherwise not like super into pursuing it because of, um, because of Aloy or, uh, because of the storyline or because I want to see the end of it. Um, I do have a compulsion to finish cause I'm 67 hours in and I'm very close to approaching the, what feels like the final stretch mm-hmm. in my missions, but it's really just because I want to see those battles play out. Um, so if it, yeah, for a rare occasion, I'm, I'm pushing through simply for that purpose and not for the story. And Sam, what do you think about the story? So there's a lot of um, world that was built in the previous game that's like about like, you know, how humans live with dinosaurs in this post-apocalyptic wasteland, um, robot dinosaurs. And that's like that all of that for me is is really dull. So I don't like any of that. Um, (laughs) And there's too much of it at the beginning of this game. Just you you just have to expect that it's it's the Twilight Princess Village, like really to an Mm -hmm. extreme, like it's hours and hours and hours. but have heart. It gets really cool. And for me, I actually really like where the story goes because it uh, it introduces elements that are just not those, you know, those like factions, you know, from the previous game and factions that you're introduced to, which are basically just it's like, you know, like tribal warfare stuff. And that stuff is just I, it's hard for me to follow. And it's not interesting. So everything they added to this game, I was surprised by and really pleased with. And, um, like, you know, the further you get into the game, which is like a geographic progression, like you unlock more areas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's like two things that entice me about the story. One is seeing what happened to the world. Like, I love that stuff. I love seeing like what cities they show, what areas they show, what national parks, like things like that are really cool to me. That, that is story, you know, like it, it's, it's a part of it. And then the other part of it that's interesting to me is these kind of new challenges that, that are introduced that are like, they're completely left field. They're not. They're not like anything you've seen before. And um, that's great. Like that, I think it needed that. So I, I am interested in that part. I mean, you too, I, I didn't realize that neither of you had finished, like a big part of the reason I haven't started Forbidden West yet, besides just how good I'm finding Lost Ark and some of the other video games I'm playing, is that I didn't play that much of the original Horizon. I bounced mm-hmm. off it like a lot of people did. And so it made me not motivated to kind of start the sequel. But um, now you're, you're talking me into like, maybe I, uh, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> I do have I mean, it installed. I'm halfway there. Yeah, yeah, you're the, that's, that's half the battle. Yeah, for me, I just it it has everything that I like to do in an open world video game. So I, I love just running around the map and doing stuff. That's been keeping me plenty entertained. Although one of my few uh, criticisms with Forbidden West is actually Aloy. 
herself. I think she's just kind of a bummer of a protagonist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not much. Definitely humorless, you know, (laughs) and even to even her her interactions with people, everyone she meets wants to help her. She refuses Mm -hmm. from everyone. And I guess just even in real life, that type of personality is kind of like obnoxious people who just won't let anyone help them, you know? Yeah, and it's out of like a like a self righteousness. Um, yeah, it's kind a, of only I can do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like you do get, to, I don't think this would be a spoiler to say that you do get into occasions where you know I mentioned you have an AI companion. Like some of them are side quests, some of them are main quests. You'll have appearances from people, and maybe it's because they're so useless that Aloy has a point actually because <laughs> they don't actually contribute to any of the battles. I mean that's pretty common across a lot of games, so I'm not going to criticize Horizon specifically sure. for that. But sure. yeah, it's it was kind of off putting to me too. And like early on, there's a cutscene where she's like, "No, no, I must press on," and I can see kind of where they were going with it, but it just didn't resonate with me and just made it seem like, hey, like you're clearly incredibly injured and nothing that you're going to do is actually going to push the the you know the very heroic yeah. things that you're doing forward and like people are just telling you like here's some band-aids at least like don't you think this <laughs> yeah. is logical like don't you want this so yeah I, that didn't really resonate with me either yeah i have an observation that i think this is like kind of a a, a new genre that we're we're uh, seeing which is like condensed well and in this case the united states like these condensed real world maps which are really funny uh death stranding did that too right you cross the united states in it and th- this is similar in that way. And I won't go into where you cross to, where you do, although they've shown it all. So if you've seen any trailers, you've seen where everything you do in the game. Um, but uh, uh, also like, you know, like when you play Forza Horizon, it's like that too. It's like takes like a geographic region and, and kind of, you know, puts you in it. And, and you know, the, the w- one end is a lot closer than it should be. And it's really funny. Yeah. And this game in particular is like, you know, it's it's the Forbidden West. You know, you know where the first game took place. Like, it's going to be familiar to like a lot of people in a really funny way. It's, I love like going around the geography and being like, oh, if you look from here, you can see, you know, four states you shouldn't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Texarkana. Yeah. Um, Aloy talks a lot, even outside of mm-hmm. like cutscenes. She just talks to herself. While she's running around, just kind of a sad mumbling. (laughs) And it's sometimes when you spend all your time alone, I guess so. I guess so. Actually, it's actually pretty useful in some of the puzzles Mm -hmm. in like the ruins and stuff, because she'll tell you she's like, oh, I got it. And then, you know, that you're on the right track. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I guess you can't turn this off. Like the hundredth time that she tells you, like when you pick up like medicinal herbs, Mm, they don't can't, fit in your can't pouch. carry this right now, but yeah. I'll, I'll pick it up in my loot box later. I'll, I'll send it, it to my stash. stash. <laughs> yeah, it's like you've, I've been playing this for thirty hours. You've said this a thousand times. I know how this works. Yeah, like come on, Aloy. I have more of an overview of our inventory than you do. Let me do the calculating here. <laughs> yeah, it can be. I really liked it actually to start because she makes comment. Like my favorite part is when she makes commentary about, oh, we're really close to that side quest that you've been mm-hmm. putting off or, yeah. or what have you. So it's it's useful for environmental cues in that sense. But yeah, even for the puzzles, like part of the part of the thing about puzzles is you want to figure it out yourself. So occasionally I'll like clearly cross the threshold where it triggers a dialogue from her. And I haven't turned my focus on yet to look for what are the pullable, breakable, um, scalable areas of this environment. And she'll verbally say it before I've even had a chance. So she it, like spoils it, it for you. It can be. Yeah, exactly. She spoils it sometimes. Sometimes it ends up being a good cue. Other times like. There's this one thing that I had to pull and I couldn't figure out because it, it was glitched out. I had to restart the mission. So I just couldn't visibly see where I was supposed to pull. So I was just like putting my pull caster on everything I possibly could at one point before I decided to restart. Oh yeah. And she just kept repeating herself. Well, I think I can pull that. I think I can pull that. 
like every 10 seconds. And it was kind of driving me a little crazy. So yeah, it, yeah. it can be overkill, I suppose, 67 hours in. <laughs> yeah. For the last three nights, all I've done is farm materials. Uh, Tina is a very good uh, weapons expert in this game and has uh, is, is always been a little bit ahead of me and has always been like, oh, you got it. You got to do this one. You got you to do this one. And, and that's how that's how way. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then like also just upgrading, you know, storage, like, like you mentioned already, like that stuff is like it becomes essential. The, the game has a leveling system where everything levels with you, um, which, you know, I, I don't I, I've said before, I, I don't think that's a good system for any game. Um, but in this game, there you do have a counter to that. And that's that if something's at your same level, it's still going to be tough to beat if you have crappy equipment. So like you really do have to have like a lot of um you know questing to get uh, parts and stuff and the best the best possible thing for that is when you have like oh there's a really tough enemy and all you need to do is like get a piece off of it you don't even need yeah. to kill it necessarily you don't even need to kill it yeah yeah and, and you, you can have get a to weapon figure that, that out just, well and you can get a weapon eventually that you can just use tear damage and shoot it with one arrow you can knock it off yeah well, well but the tear the damage good yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's like when you're figuring those sorts of things out, like first off, anything with tear damage, do it. If you find the spin, what is it? The spin thrower um, mm-hmm. with the, with the drill thrower. and tear damage, yeah. spike thrower. Thank you. Um, that one's incredible because, you know, and a lot of times you're in close quarter combat just because these things can like ram through the entire map. So like enemies, big dinosaurs are on you pretty immediately. So it's nice to like throw those things, run to find like a better angle, you know, switching between your different weapons. And then some of them are specialized in concentration. So you know that that'll up the damage in that way. So I love strategizing around like, okay, I need this one's tail. So I should probably start from a further distance and mm-hmm. prioritize exactly. my sharp shot. Exactly. All those things. I so love that's, that. That's the area I'm having the most fun with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just a couple other uh, comments I want to make. Horizon Forbidden West. The whole idea here is that Aloy's mission is taking her into the Forbidden West. It's behind a gate. You're not allowed to go there. <laughs> it's no man's land. Once she's out there, it's like all, her, all of her friends are out there. Everybody she knows. Everyone she knows is out there. There's <laughs> all these tribes. None of them could be described as savages. They're all well, as, as well educated as anyone is in this world. They all speak the oh, same right, language. Yeah. It's kind of, a lot of them are friendly. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of just like the West. It's not, yeah. It doesn't seem very forbidden. It's just the West area it's of this world. It's quite populated, right? in fact. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you uh, play Mass Effect 3, that was, that's always funny. And it's like every planet you go to is like somebody you've met from a previous Mass Effect. <laughs> it's like, Real? Do they just happen to be on these planets? And I've, I've surveyed at least 300 planets, but on the six I mean, I've the landed on. The universe is pretty small. Seems you know, like so. it. Small universe, yeah. And then one of the tribes that you meet, I want to, this is like, this is something from the lore of the game. I don't consider it a spoiler, but if, you know, if you don't want to know anything about the tribes that you meet, maybe just skip ahead 30 seconds. Yeah. One of the tribes, the tribes that I don't know what the name is, uh, the ones that is the most like um, in, in tune with nature. And they, I think they're uh, try to be vegetarians and they have this custom where someone is born. When someone is born, they're given a pouch of seeds and they keep that pouch of seeds with them their entire life. And when they die, their loved ones plant the seeds and they visit these plants and flowers to remember their loved ones and to be reminded of the circle of life. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty, that's like low, pretty low key profound. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely lose that pack of seeds and then like, <laughs> yeah, that in the supermarket. Like, well, that's one of the missions. Like, yeah, this is the one, I swear. Someone has, <laughs> someone's gone missing and Aloy has to go out and find the pouch yeah. because no one in this world can do a single thing for themselves. But why don't they why don't they plant the seeds when the baby's born? 
No, and then like the plant after. can grow, like the tree can grow alongside the family, like plant, yeah. plant a fruit tree when the baby's born. That's what my family does. Well, it's not nearly as symbolic, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. teach personal yeah, it's responsibility. It's got to be connected to yeah. death. It doesn't well, teach yeah. personal <laughs> responsibility. Uh, yeah. we, had, we had some questions from the GameScoop Facebook group about Horizon. And consider this your, uh, re- your, your frequent reminder that if you, uh, if you want to come and join us in the GameScoop Facebook group, it's a fun group of people. Ted, Ted says, one thing that turned me off about the original was you can only manually save at campfires. Is that still the case with the new game? With two little kids, sometimes I need to stop playing without notice, and it's frustrating to lose out on what I've done simply because I couldn't save when I wanted to. Unfortunately, you can only save at campfires still. Right? Yeah, I believe there's like mission checkpoints, and frankly, mm-hmm. you know, you can. I just if I if I need to, I'll just pause wherever and you know keep it suspended in the background. At the that's what I was gonna say. I, I guess you that's can you can put your you can put your PS4 in rest mode, right? Yeah, they had a, yeah. But even even if you're playing on PS4, you know, yeah. You can still just put it in rest mode. Yeah. Plus, like you, you can. Um, there, it's not. It doesn't take too many shards to buy a handful of fast travel packs. So, and there's honestly, there's fire. There's uh, campfires everywhere, so yeah, it's not hard true. to get to one or or just like that's use true. a kit um, and pay yep. for one to go there. And yeah, it's always my habit, my routine, especially in these like open world RPG games. It's my routine to like, okay, I'm, I've finished out this mission, and the way that I'm going to end my gaming session of the night is I'm going to go to previous town. I'm going to shop around a little bit, talk to some people, see what's going on. There's not a ton of life like that as because there's so many towns stretched across the West. So they keep it a little bit lighter, but mm-hmm. you can always go back and listen to a rumor and hear about, you know, a caravan down South that you need to go help out or whatever else. So there's always at least some activity to be done yep. and pits to fight in. And, you know, the game, uh, what is it called? Strike play strike. Yeah. Strike yeah. the turn-based strategy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas asks, how much underwater is there to explore? And in, in order to really go underwater, you need uh, some sort of item, which I actually haven't gotten access to yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are actually a few blocked off areas, um, not so much with water, but with the uh, what's the metal flowers, which I actually yeah. felt like the progression of that was really late in the game. So there's a lot of areas that you backtrack towards to get mm-hmm. some of these um, more lucrative chests out of the metal flowers, but you need a specific tool for that too. And then once you get the, I forget what the water tool is called, but there's some cauldrons, some um, ruins, and then some mission stuff to do underwater. Um, there's a, I wouldn't, I would say like, I don't know, Sam, would you say like, well, there's not like a water not region, a, you know, it's not like, yeah. I was worried like it'd be like, well, half the map is the ocean now, but like, yeah. it's not like that. It, it's like pockets of areas with water or yeah. areas that are flooded. Yeah, exactly. You basically just like use water underwater stuff to like delve deep. And then in very few cases, like we were talking about earlier, there's like um, uh, resources in the water. And you know, but it's it's yeah. a very minimal part of it. What I've experienced. Mm. Unless you're fishing and then you're spending lots of time in there. Yeah. Button mashing. fishing with your hands. Yeah. yeah. It's not fishing like a it's cool sit on, sit on the side of the ocean. No, and cast you're, um, yeah, you're too cool for that. Swimming fast. Yeah. It's um, it's golem style fishing. It is. <laughs> yes, actually. And Austin asks, are there dogs? And if so, can you pet them? I have not encountered any dogs. Oh, no. Me either. No. There are All a lot the of animals boar, kill. A lot of boar, foxes, yeah. lizards, foxes. birds, giant bees. But well, no. you're supposed to kill them all, yeah. which honestly makes me feel sad. Although a bit of a hilarious thing is if you have a really big battle at the end of it, you go and like you're looting around <laughs> yeah. and you're looting like, oh, I killed an owl because it's like this <laughs> this epic battle was so big. It killed the, you yeah. know, 
the environment around it, no less. Sorry, Owl. Yeah, but also thanks for the feather. <laughs> well, you you can ride some dinosaur robots like the previous game. Yeah, I don't ever do that. I just I'm not I'm not a person oh, who really? uses mounts in any game, even in what? Zelda. I just no. run. I just want to run around. Same. I mean, for the better in this game, because your mount just dies all the time, or at yeah. least mine does. Like he wanders it. Like I'll leave him a far away. Like I'll, I'll drop him off and go into the rebel out uh, camp. And somehow he's wandered his way in and he gets <laughs> killed, of course. Yeah. So I'm just mountless half the time. Um, so, yeah, I just run and campfire and, yeah. and uh, shield wing and free, free to fast travel between campfires. Yep. I love Horizon Forbidden West. I hope everyone out there in Scoop Nation who has a PlayStation uh, gets a chance to enjoy it soon. But can Justin, I, can I share my? Oh, sorry. Can I share my? Can I share my biggest qualm though? Oh, of course, yes. of course. Uh, so you have a bunch of tools. Some of them are traps. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are like smoke bombs or rocks to distract your enemies. Um, and it all cycles on the D pad. Uh, mm-hmm. And you are you have like. 17 of them so if you're mid battle and you're looking for your potion i'm like jesus christ where is it that is absolutely happening to to it yeah i wish that there was i looked in the inventory and i tried to see like it says like there's a tools section and it says they're equipped and they have a little check mark and no option unequip them unfortunately Mm. weird definitely been in that situation i'm all out of herbs or whatever and i need a potion and i keep (laughs) laying down poison traps instead yeah. Pro tip, you can actually get uh, medicinal berries from your stash literally by just holding up on the yep. D-pad and letting it replenish in case you didn't know. That. Yes, it does. It does take cool. a couple cool. of seconds to happen. Yeah. yeah. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com slash gamescoop. 
Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah. Justin, would you like to uh, regale us with tales of Lost Ark or Cyberpunk? Yeah, good question. I've been enjoying both of them. I've actually done, even though I'm not playing Horizon yet, although I think you talked me into it, knowing that, um, you know, I'm not just going to be completely lost if I didn't finish Horizon um, Zero Dawn. Um, I've been, I did install Lost Ark, and I I honestly, I like my initial impression of it was not particularly positive, but each evening that I play it, I enjoy it more and more. And, you know, I've been slacking John Davidson to some other people. And if you were to go back and like see each morning, I'm like, okay, yeah, this game's pretty good. And then the next day it's like, okay, this game's great. Um, It's really interesting. Um, I, I, and maybe this is common knowledge to everybody else. I thought about it as being, you know, a Diablo like game, Mm. right? Like it's that perspective, that sort of isometric perspective where you're clicking around and you have skills assigned to hotkeys. I mean, look at this. It looks just like Diablo, right? Um, But, um, but it's not, it is a, it is an MMO. So it is Final Fantasy 14 or it is World of Warcraft and it's just playing from this perspective. And this is like the Mm -hmm. gameplay style that that game has where I know this isn't literally the first game on Earth to do that. But like the fact that that concept hasn't been done more with traditional MMO dungeons and traditional MMO like towns and other people running around the game world and quests and um, and, you know, I'm not at the end game, but end game raids like it's such a perfect fit for this style of game that I'm just, I'm shocked it hasn't been done more and been done to this quality. Um, Mm. It, it, it starts you. I think the reason the game had maybe kind of a mixed first impression for me is that um, it feels like you're starting that game at like level 30. Like Mm. you, the, the moment you start the game, you have like 10 skills all on your hot bar and they all do different stuff. And it's telling you to switch between different stances and, it's introducing you to a million different kinds of currency and it's really, really overwhelming. Um, I'm kind of used to, you know, to go back to final fantasy or world of Warcraft, like in those games, you're going to hit the one button to cast fireball for like, for like five hours. And then after that, they give you another skill and another skill. And by the end you've layered on all this stuff and lost Ark just kind of gives it to you right at the start. Like it throws you in, um, and the game's not hard, like, you know, the enemies are really easy to defeat and your health bar is really spongy, but um, just the the tools that it gives you and the sense of power that it gives you right from the jump is really, really strong. Um, and, and the game's great. Like, I, you know, it's become that thing where, like, every evening, it's just become, it's instantly become my routine after, like, four <laughs> or five days. Like, let's go. Let's fire it up. Let's get into it. What's the business model? Is it free to play? Yeah, it is free to play. And and that's the other thing where like, you know, look, like I buy a lot of video games, but I also get like a decent amount of video games for work and sort of like keeping in the back of my head that like this game is incredibly polished. Um, it's gorgeous and it's free. Like this is a game that anyone can just download onto their computer. And since it runs on um, uh, Unreal Engine 3, it actually runs on almost any like my I'm running it on a laptop and it's running perfectly. So older machines run it just great. Um, I can't vouch for... It it seems very easy to play for free. Like, I'm not feeling like I have one arm tied behind my back or I'm super gimped or anything like that. Like, it seems fine. But the asterisk there is, like, sometimes they sort of put the screws to you the deeper you get in a game and they're like, ah-ha-ha, like, if you want 
you know, more inventory slots or whatever, you got to pay for them. So I, I, I can't say what it's going to feel like later, but so far so good. It just feels, it feels incredible that it's a game that you can just download and just start playing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like the only other game that is similar is like Genshin Impact in regards to its big AAA feeling nature. Mm-hmm. And then it's just free to download and play. Mm-hmm. Um, it, go ahead. Go ahead. No, um, yeah. Oh, I just like, I'm playing a female gunslinger and that her outfit is absolutely embarrassing. Um, I have heard that criticism. She's got these little booty shorts on. And my very first mission that I took on for myself was I'm like, I got to find her some pants. She's got to get pants on like, but it's not just that. It's also like the combination of her outfit and just the heels that she's wearing and her walk animation. And it feels it very much feels like a game from like 15 or 20 years ago where it's like, I, I'm not, it's, it's weird that we're still doing this in video games in, in 2022. Um, and whatever, like that. characters can be sexy in games and wear whatever they want in games, but it's just, um, it's really egregious. Like that's um, the default. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's the default. And, and, you know, and then I did, you know, I did get my character some clothes <laughs> and, and, and now it's fine, but it's, it's a very, it's a very odd foot, forward to sort of Mm -hmm. to put in front of somebody right at the start there isn't really an mmo on consoles these days i don't think you could you could you see lost ark working on like ps5 or xbox series x um i'm playing with a controller on pc i'm using an xbox controller um because the gaming mouse i have is old and weird so like i you know yeah the short answer is yes Mm -hmm. like it works great with a controller interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, except for menuing and stuff, there's a lot of, I mean, this is a full on MMO with like, you know, in-game chat and menus and inventories. And so I still actually have to use a mouse for that stuff, but the core gameplay works perfectly with a controller. So yeah, I would probably expect that game to come to consoles eventually, especially given how much of a mega hit it's become. Yeah. Yeah. Right out the gate. The game has, um, I collected this little seed. It was like, there's this little shining seed. And it's like, you have collected a Makoko seed. And then I opened my collections menu and there is over 1000 of them in the game. I see, and I said, like, <laughs> great. What does okay. that sound like? All yeah, right. Exactly. It's Here we just go. like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so it's, it's one of those games. Got it. And if I remember correctly, you like dabbled with cyberpunk at launch, but then you wanted to wait for this version that came out this week? Yeah, well, I mean, in my defense, I didnn't know it was going to be an 18 months wait. Yeah, I really loved Cyberpunk. I was playing it on PC, and my gaming PC was powerful enough. It was running the game fine, but I was playing it in 1080p. And um, and I just said, you know what? I want to wait. I want to play this game in 4K on my gorgeous OLED TV. And at the time, I thought it was going to be a short wait. If I knew now what I knew then, I would have just finished it on my PC, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, I downloaded the PS5 native version and um it was actually a really hard call if I wanted to play in the 30 FPS ray tracing mode or the 60 FPS performance mode. Um <clears throat> I always pick performance modes as I think <clears throat> most gamers do, but I like with Cyberpunk it's not as clear cut because it is an RPG, right? Um mm-hmm. it's very dialogue heavy, very focused on just sort of soaking in this world and this atmosphere which is absolutely best of breed and so the temptation to play on um, on the ray tracing mode was pretty high, although I am choosing to play on performance mode for now. Um, yeah. It's great. I, you know, look, like, 
I think that this game was always great if you were playing on a platform that could handle it and that wasn't mm-hmm. experiencing all the bugs and issues that the really, really egregious, uh, you know, PS4 and Xbox One version was experiencing. And um, <clears throat> it's only gotten better. Like the the crowd AI is better now and driving's better. And a lot of like the kind of weird T-posing bugs and just one-off issues that people are experiencing have finally been squashed over the, you know, however many months since the game originally came out. Um, I hope the money cheat still works. I love that money cheat. They did. Um, I, you know, I played. I played a lot of Cyberpunk, probably fifteen or twenty hours of it before I said no. I want to play it in four K. Um, mm-hmm. And they they rebalanced the game significantly. Like so, some skill trees have been completely reworked. The entire in game economy has been reworked. Like, oh wow, Tina and Sam. I don't know if you remember the game world was just covered in shit to pick up. There was stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they they probably removed like ninety percent of it, um, and 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 it's in the patch notes. It's like you know it was a distraction. Everyone was just trying to yeah. loot every shelf and yeah. loot everything, and they didn't like that. that <laughs> that's the way people were playing their game, and so well, half of them were like useless bottles that you yep. can sell for like yeah. two cents or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad they did that. So like that's such a tiny change, but all those little shiny shiny objects are just gone now, mm. and um, they really seem to be putting an emphasis on just soaking in this world and its atmosphere. Like they added a walk button so that you can like slowly take your time through the game world. And, you know, like the criticism of how that game launched is valid and legitimate. But if you're someone that avoided cyberpunk because of that, and you have an next gen console, I strongly encourage you to give that game a look. Like it's, it's such a great role-playing game with lots of meaningful choices about how you build your character and who you side with. Um, I I'm I'm definitely going to see it all the way through this time. Yeah, Tina and Sam and I, I, I think we all beat Cyberpunk a year ago when it first came out. I played on Series X. I didn't X. beat it. I got close. You, know, you got close. Okay. Mm-hmm. I played yeah. on Series X and, you know, didn't have any major issues and I really enjoyed the story and I had fun with the game. So I, I probably wouldn't return to it right now, especially not since I have Horizon. If this version had come out a month ago in January when I didn't, mm-hmm. when I was in between mm-hmm. Halo Infinite and Horizon, I totally would have uh, jumped back in, but probably not going to revisit anytime soon <laughs> myself. But how about you guys? I think I'm in the same boat just because I played it extensively. I did finish it um, and I played like every side quest, really enjoyed all of the stories, all of the characters. Keanu is an amazing character. And, you know, they did not lie when they said the majority of the dialogue comes from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's like the second most dialogue written character, second only to the protagonist. Mm-hmm. So I love that. He has so much to say. Um, he has such a like an attitude about everything. And I just loved hearing all of his reactions to, and to everything. And it felt like, I mean, he's literally the voice in your head. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. I suppose if there was DLC, I would definitely want to play that. And I typically prefer to play on my consoles over my PC because it's just a better loungier setup the way that I have it currently. Um, but it's unfortunate you can't, you know, transfer saves. So yeah. I'd have to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. And there's just always so much for us to play. So I think maybe if I, it was the same situation, if there was... DLC and it came out last month or in another month that uh, was, uh, less, had less to do. I might have redone the whole thing for that purpose. Yeah, it's um, it's very, you know, and I knew this the first time around, but I was really reminded how much this is a full on RPG. Like it's very stat heavy. You're making really meaningful choices about how to build your character. It's also really dialogue heavy. And like maybe I'm just feeling that because this is this is now my third time going through the first, you know, five or 10 hours of the game. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, Dex, I get it. But, um, you know, like it, it, um, I think it's absolutely a pro and it's a good thing about the game is that it's not 
superficial. It is very, very deep. But um, I could see some people that are expecting, you know, something a little bit more GTA-like to to actually um, kind of be put off of what cyberpunk is. Where no, it very much has RPG um, roots, or or not even roots. Like it just it is a full-on RPG through and through. But it doesn't it doesn't present that way, which I think is interesting. Yeah, Sam is a revisit. In your future to cyberpunk? Yeah, I, I want to beat it and I don't want to play on my PC anymore. Like I just got fed up with my setup, with my PC. I actually took it down in the room that I was in and I just like, I just could, couldn't put up with it anymore. It doesn't, doesn't fit in my house. Um, and so I want to rebuild, you know, from scratch. So what I'll probably do is play the opposite way. Maybe switch the uh, uh, gender of the character and play evil, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see like something that's different enough. Because this game really does have a lot of choices and, and stuff like that, you can play differently, and um, and then get to the end. But but to I uh, you know Tina already made this point. I'm pretty sure there's going to be like giant sprawling you know DLC additions to this because there were for Witcher and the Witcher additions mm-hmm. are amazing. They're so cool, and so like I need to I need to have this like in a way that I can do those, and that means doing it on console. Sure. Yeah, there there are expansions coming cyberpunk as well and there's a next gen version of the witcher 3 coming too yeah at some point i would love to play witcher 3 again i mean that's something yeah. i'll never have time for but i love that game well, well weren't you playing on switch anyway no i didn't play on switch i played Breath there was some ridiculous game you were playing on switch you were like you did hitman 3 i did hitman 3 was it that one maybe it was that one then <laughs> funny. i was streaming it was like i really wanted to try out those like streaming platform things on switch and yeah um, do not work the platform for that <laughs> Let's check in with the listeners. Howdy. Listeners. listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Matt Bade in Tumwater, Washington did. So this question for the group with a little backstory. I moved in with my girlfriend in July, 2021. Things have been going great. She's gotten more into gaming since I have an Xbox Series S and a Switch. I got her a Switch for Christmas and Animal Crossing. She's also beaten Pikmin 3 and Breath of the Wild. She's playing Pokemon Legends right now, but I want her to try out a Mario game. But I don't know which one to recommend her play first. I have Odyssey and the 25th Anniversary Collection on cartridge. There's also the older games on the uh, Nintendo Switch Online. My question is, what game should I recommend to her first? I feel like Odyssey and feel like it would be the most accessible. We'll get her more. We'll get her more into the series. But starting with the classics and going through chronologically would showcase the history. Mm. So it has to be between Odyssey and Super Mario World, right? I was going to say World. I, I like look, look. I absolutely love Mario Odyssey. It's one of my favorite games of the last decade, and that's not an exaggeration. <clears throat> but it's very puzzly. Like it doesn't prepare. It, it's not. It feels almost halfway like, you know, it feels like Breath of the Wild-ish with like it's 900, you know, little stars to get and each one is its own little mini puzzle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel anything like any other Mario game. It's so exploration heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would I would recommend a platformer to start. Mm. If it were to be a platformer, I think probably Super Mario World. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Super Mario World is a really natural answer. But out of the 3D Marios, I have a very left field answer for this. I think Galaxy would be a good place to start. I think it's I like it's totally, totally easy to wrap your head around <clears throat> that style of 3D platforming, and, and it eases you into it in a really smart way. That is annoying for me, but not for anybody else apparently, because everybody gave it a ten, and it, it's the most beloved game. And like, by the way, like I love like where it gets, but yeah, it, I think it teaches you how to play Mario in 3D better than any other game that you could ever 
And I forgive me. I should know this. Uh, is Galaxy in the 3D All Stars? Yeah, that's why I mentioned okay. it because he okay. mentioned that gotcha. it has it. Galaxy gotcha. One. Just Galaxy One. Mm-hmm. Uh, all meaningful arguments. I always tend to suggest the most recent if it's good in a series, okay. just because I feel like you know things that are modern, especially for new gamers, like things that are modern, they have a better appreciation for like. I mean, Nintendo games aren't exactly like the most cinematic quality of all of them out there. So yeah. I have a tendency to show off games like like The Last of Us, I think, is a super impressive artistic quality to it that even if you're not a huge gamer, you can still appreciate like, wow, this looks amazing. I didn't know video games look like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely an argument of just the smoothness of gameplay and just general quality mm-hmm. of life features that only get better over time. Whereas, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and the fact that like Odyssey is just such a like I played through that whole game twice. And the second yeah. time to, to my everlasting shame, I didn't quite 100 percent it because a few of the final stars are ridiculous. But I got like 800 of them or something like that. I, I came yeah. very close and would not would not <laughs> trade that time back for anything. Mm-hmm. So, Tina, you, you are you recommending invested. Odyssey? Yeah, yeah I would Odyssey. say that. I would say that. And like, once you get somebody invested, I think they have a better appreciation for the history, like the history and going back in time. Like, oh, wow, I love, you know, this kind of platforming. I love this kind of environment. These characters are so cute. This was so fun. And to the to the point about, you know, the getting every single um, collectible and getting, you know, 100 percenting a game. You don't always have to go for that. You can mainline. Oh, yeah. People have an easier time with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. New Doc City is pretty great. You know, City is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and Nintendo yeah. in particular has really figured that out, right? Like, of like, yeah. you know, like their games are a good time for little kids and mm-hmm. old people and everybody. Mm-hmm. And the second half of the game is like hell for hardcore gamers. But like, <laughs> you don't have to engage with any of that if you don't want mm-hmm. to. Exactly. Yeah. I would, one other thing that's important is that uh, Mario World and, and also other early Mario games can be played basically co op. You can just play them together. You, you switch off on levels and lives. Um, but it's really fun making progression together and working through the world map of Super Mario World. I mean, I don't have any better video game memories than that than playing with various friends over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like it's just a, a total pleasure. I think in the office in the past five years, I played through that game with people just coming by the desk and like, you know, doing a level and stuff like that. And you always have Mario and Luigi out. Like, it's really fun. Yeah. CJ contributed a lot, I think, to our progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly wasn't Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is Chris from Asheville, North Carolina. It says the Sega consoles are a blind spot in my gaming history. I've decided to play some Genesis games, but was hoping for some recommendations from the panel. I see a top uh, Super Nintendo games list on IGN, but I can't seem to find a top Genesis games list. If you all were to pick 10 must-play Sega Genesis games, what would be on that list? And it sounds like Sam put a lot of thought into this, but I, I was just I was just going to say, just pick up the Sega Genesis Classics collection, mm. which yeah. is on... Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. It has over 50 games on it, and it's most of the great ones from the Genesis library. Mm-hmm. It's got and all exclusives. of your... And, well, yeah, ex- well, yeah, sure. It doesn't have a lot of third parties. All, it, it doesn't have, like, Contra Hardcore or Castlevania Bloodlines, but it's got all the Streets of Rages, Golden Axes, Shining Forces, Vectormen, uh, Beyond Oasis, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. like I, I divided up some genres that I think are that the Genesis excels at, and then have some game recommendations for each one, and I'm sure uh, they will be familiar to a lot of people. But uh, so one of those is like games that were on Nintendo systems previously that like have a weird 
weird spinoff on Genesis. That's Castlevania Bloodlines you mentioned, Contra Hardcore, and then Mega Man Wily Wars, which didn't come out in the United States. Uh, those are really now though. Yeah, those are really cool games to check out on the Genesis because they're like of those series from that time from those teams. And a lot of people <clears> didn't play them. Uh, and then there's the gross stuff. Remember, the system was for big kids. And so this is the stuff that Damon likes. Splatterhouse one, two, three. Decap Attack is really funny. Um, I, I guess there's some other ones it's, in that yeah, genre. It's not gory. Decap is Decap Attack's not gory, but yeah. Well, and also, you, you explore guts and it allows oh, bones. <laughs> Only uh, Splatterhouse 2 and 3 are on Genesis. The yeah, I noticed that. Turbo I forgot graphics. that yeah. one was just Turbo. Yeah. yeah. And then you have these like kind of iconic JRPG tactic games that are kind of locked to the Genesis because a lot of them were developed by Sega. Um, those are the Shining Forces and Fantasy Star series. Yeah. Or the Shining series and Fantasy Star. Like those are apparently amazing. Um, I don't know uh, how accessible they are now, but worth calling out. Then there's Disney stuff. Disney stuff is a big category. There's Castle of Illusion, uh, Jungle Book, Little Mermaid, of course, Aladdin. And then there's a game, uh, there's a Toy Story game, which is seriously the most impressive graphics of the 16-bit era. Um, on, and it's on the Genesis. Like, check it out. It's like Donkey Kong Country. It's, it's incredible Wait, looking. But isn't that one also on Super Nintendo? No, it's a Genesis exclusive. Interesting. Interesting. I remember yeah. us playing that in the office, too. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. <clears throat> it's in a cardboard box, too, which is really strange for Genesis because they were all those, like, Plastic clamshells. Then you have your mascots. Now, the Genesis has the most famous mascot of all time. That's not Mario. That's Sonic. Uh, I think every game in the Genesis is great except for Spinball, and that's just okay. But um, mascots has uh, Sparkster, Rystar, Vector Man, Booger Man, Earthworm Jim. I'm going to throw in Comic Zone. Uh, th- those are all really good examples. And then below those, there's a, a whole like, you know, Arrow the Acrobat and Zero, whatever the flying, I forget what that one is. Uh, Bubsy, like stuff like that. They're, those are okay games, and there's some that are probably gems in there that are worth exploring. And then final category is arcade. Uh, the Genesis did a pretty good job with arcade games. There is Joe and Max stuff, Ghouls and Ghosts. There's all mm-hmm. the Sega stuff. Not a, not, a lot of it doesn't hold up very well, I don't think. Um, but, you know, uh, everybody likes uh, uh, I don't know, like, what do they call Fantasy Zone, for example. Really fun game. There's a good Genesis version. And then, uh, I guess Streets of Rage would kind of fit in there, right? <sighs> Yeah. Um, although, oh yeah. Although they're not, not arcade games. Yeah. But, yeah, like arcadey yeah. action. Yeah. Uh, and then the other category I have here would be uh, some games that people just love uh, and adore, and those would be Beyond Oasis and Gunstar Heroes. I think those are the two games that you could pick up right now and play uh, along with Sonic that are just like immediately fun. Mm-hmm. So those are my that's, categories for delving. Deep. That was a lot. That was a lot. That's a great, great list. Yeah. Uh, I also think, although oh, Streets of Rage is, what's that? Good. I have one more other tip before we close out. <laughs> I was going to say the Genesis has the best home version of Double Dragon, but the Streets of Rage series is better. Yeah. Um, one thing I recommend now that's fun to do if you're going to delve into old systems is to look up a price list and then search downwards for mm-hmm. uh, the highest price. And that is because that has become the, you know, there's a, there's a supply and demand thing and there's rarity and scarcity. Mm-hmm. But there's also just desirability. And you will actually get a sense from the people that really care about these systems what mm. games they will shell out for. And we're not talking about the $500 games. We're talking about the $50 games versus the $5 games. And those that $50 level has really good stuff because other people know a lot about the system and want to have that in their collection or, or, or liked it a lot as a kid and want it in their collection. That's my mm. pro tip for uh, finding old games to play. That's a good tip. Thank you. I like the one. Yeah. Uh, 
I was actually, I was a, I was not a Super Nintendo kid growing up. I was a Genesis kid growing up. And, um, you know, Sam, you covered off on basically all of them. (laughs) Um, I think, and I know they were multi-platform, but I think the only thing you didn't verbally shout out was I spent a tremendous amount of time in like Road Rash 1 and 2 and Cool. There may have there may have been a Road Rash three on the Genesis as well. Is that a motorcycle behind the motorcycle game? Yeah, like com- combat game. You can pick up a chain and beat the person next to you with a chain. Oh, it was the best. Yeah, big kid games. Big kid games. <laughs> Did you play NHL NHL ninety four? Like, I never had like thing? no like there was no hockey and me and my friend group and you know the NHL ninety four being the best best you know hockey game of all time. That meme didn't start for like you know. Yeah years after that like when i was a kid when i was nine or whatever like no we didn't know that was the thing <laughs> but like even my dad who's not you know he doesn't play video games he liked nhl 94 and he'd spend like a whole friday night playing it Weird. all by himself yeah huh. not blades of steel not blades of steel tina that, that was, was a- their that was their 20 questions last week <sighs> ah see we did not get it but you didn't get yeah yeah oh well we also this is a cheek because I'm looking up somebody else's best um, best Genesis games list, but we forgot Re- Revenge of Shinobi, which is incredible. Those are are all the Shinobi games good? That's the one, one of them is called I, Shadow Dancer, right? Hmm. Revenge. I don't. I don't. I can't vouch for the other ones. Revenge is the one that's like really well known. I remember liking a bunch of Marvel games in the Genesis, and then I looked them up, and I'm like, "Ooh, these are not the good Marvel games." <laughs> Yeah, there's like a Spider-Man or an X-Man. There's like one called Wolverine Adamantium Rage, which I played mm-hmm. a lot. I, I believe that's, I can't remember mm-hmm. if that one, I think it's the NES one I'm thinking of, but you walk around, you could like, there's a button to like take your claws out. You're like, why don't you just always have your claws out? Wolverine just, is, um, Wolverine Adamantium Rage is my text message alert sound on my phone. No I'm surely, surely there's a way to play that. How do you play that? How do I just play it? I mean, we can send you a text. Okay, can you hear this? Did that not come through at all? Okay. Oh. Anyway, that wasn't very good podcast material. Uh, (laughs) Tina, do you have a favorite Sega Genesis game? No, I didn't get to play nearly enough. It was more Nintendo in my my cousin's households that we got most of our access in. I think I played like Earthworm Jim is the the best contribution I can can share. Damon and I just played that game. Well, you say oh, yeah. just, but it was like two years ago now because oh, of the last pandemic. Time. But yeah, I said we were in an office. Time is relative. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tina, I do want to know: Are you watching? Mm-hmm. Watching season two. Wait, what are we talking about? I'm watching it. <laughs> Love is blind. Season two yeah. is out. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. so I've held off. Is it as good? Because it's a whole new cast. I watched the their whole reunion new cast, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same setup, whole new cast. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. to top the original, but it's still very enjoyable. And that's um, my concern. They only, they, I think they put out like a batch of episodes, and now they're like oh, going to do one episode every Friday. Ugh. I think something like the first half was already released, and now they're just going to do one a week. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's a different model for Netflix. But yeah, yeah. I was totally concerned that it was just not going to hold up. Like maybe it was a one hit wonder, and that particular cast, and the novelty of it, and also the beginning of the pandemic. It just all these things converge to make it a frivolous, enjoyable experience. And mm-hmm. I've been holding off as like, maybe I'll, I'll get like a little viewing party together for it. Have some drinks, make it more, more enjoyable. <laughs> it's What's definitely the premise a, of that one. This is the one Sam where um, people uh, get engaged without ever seeing each other. Okay. They just talk to each other from behind a wall and they have a bunch of like dates like that. And then but they, they don't have the giant baby mask. 
No, it's not. It's not that one. I thought it was the one where they wear the. I thought they wore the monster makeup. No, that's that's something about Beast. Beast is in the title. Sexy Beast. Okay, that's what what it's called. I hated the baby makeup for that. Yeah, Yeah. I don't. I don't watch that one. Love is blind. Great. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous, and the. I mean, it's fascinating actually because the spoilers for the first season is that some of those couples are together having kids, like Aww. bought a house, they're doing so well, and other ones have it's it about, has turned into some drama for yeah. the other ones. <laughs> I think it's about half and half. The success rate seems about half yeah. and half, which is guys. pretty good. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that mirrors the divorce rate in America. So <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny if season two just followed the season one people. <laughs> There was I, like, I yeah. kind of wanted it to. They did like reunion specials. They did which like I a reunion watched. special. Yeah. yeah, it's also yeah. good. Yeah, and like one of the guys was real bad. Yeah. Played his girl dirty. Oh. So bad. Yeah. It is good content. And that brings us to <laughs> video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Kenny in Nashville, Tennessee. Let the questioning begin. Is this an RPG? No. So it has no numbers in the entire game. That's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, is this from after 2000? No. Maybe it's a Genesis mm. game. Did this game release on no. the Sega Genesis? No. Ah. Is it of the Mario franchise? No. I've run out of all of our betas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this from before 90? Originally, yes, that's five. Whoa! Did this game originally come out in arcades? Yes, eighties arcade game, or maybe seventies. Is this after nineteen eighty-three? Yes. Okay. So, (sighs) new genres and stuff. Should we try like a Switch thing because it was originally came out, or maybe it was remade? Yeah, if it's on Switch, it'd be interesting to me. Is this, should I go franchise or this particular game? We didn't even decide it was a franchise. I just assume it is. Well, that's a good (laughs) question too. Those are both good questions. Okay. We'll start with, is it part of a franchise? Yes. Is it part of a series? Um, Is the series on modern day Switch? Yes. Whoa. Cool. Damon, did this game use um, joystick and button traditional controls? Yes, that's 10. Mm. Still on the Switch, originally released in arcades in the 80s. I mean, you know, that could be a billion things. Should have asked if it was an ongoing series. Well, but it's on the Switch, so I mean. But it could so, have just been a port. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, I like at least it's like something that people cared about. Was this Would developed in Japan? Yes. Okay, that that narrows it down a whole lot. I think it's a brawler or a shooter, um, especially like know. mid mid to late eighties. Is it a brawler? Yes. Hey. Okay. What River City Ransom? Although that was only on NES. That was was that that was never and, an arcade game, was it? And this is not on Genesis. Correct. Mm. That's pretty interesting. It's not a Sega game. No, but I would imagine most of even like the Capcom brawlers and stuff were on um on Gen- ported to Genesis in that era. Yeah. 
Is this a licensed game? No. That's what? A good question. Okay. So what do we got here? We got Double maybe, Dragon. Yeah, Final Fight, that type of stuff. Capcom or what is the Double Dragon I claim? I don't know. I'm not sure the original Double Dragon was on Genesis, was it? I think it's like a different like da- you know, Damon just mentioned that it was and it was the best version of it. Well, but it was I I don't know enough. I only played it on NES. I thought it was like a different game. Like I don't but maybe not. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right though. He did say it was the best version of it. But it's from the there's not a lot of brawlers in the eighties that were not altered beast, golden axe, or I mean licensed. I don't know um, who I don't know who made Double Dragon. Mm-hmm. Well, was this game on the NES? No. Okay. okay so it's not oh. bad dudes or anything like that. Well, so it's an 80s arcade brawler that was not ported to the NES. And it was made in Japan. Whoa. Um, I don't know where to go with this. I don't know if, like, do you, uh, is, it, is it Star Humans? Yes, that's 15. Oh, boy. I, I, it could still be Final Fight. I just thought that would have been a 90s game because it, it has to be because it references Street Fighter in it, right? Or does Street Fighter reference it? Uh, Final Fight could easily be 89. Even Street Fighter, I think, was 89, wasn't it? Or it's like 92. Yeah. It just looks like Street Fighter 2 so much. Um, there's also like Ninja Games. Ninja Gaiden type stuff. Yeah. Which is kind of brawler like. There's also like uh, weird ones like Karnov and Rygar. If we have Karnov, I think it's the fourth time that it's been Karnov. <laughs> Although that's, that's, on, that's on the NES, right? Yeah, but it's not on the NES. Yeah. Oh, it's not? I thought it well, was. Well, he said that it's not, this didn't come out on the NES. That is on the NES. Karnov, Karnov and Rygar are on the NES. I um, think it might be Final Fight. Well, is this a Capcom game? Yes. I think well, that game probably came out in the late eighties. I don't know how to narrow it down. Is this? Oh, does it help I, I, I got it. Can you? Can you? What, you 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 play as the mayor in that game, right? Yeah, yeah. Your mayor, Mike Hagar, it's, yeah. tears off his shirt. Can you play, gonna clean, can you clean play up as the a mayor in this game? Yes. Okay. Wow. Is this final is it, fight? It is final fights. Yes. We did. It. I can't believe that came nice out in the eighties. Got that in eighteen. Oh, I see why <laughs> it looks kind of janky in the arcade compared it's, to Super Nintendo. It was but 1989, like, about, 1989 in arcade. Look at how mind blowing this is compared to what NES games look like at the time. That yeah, like the sprites sure. were these little dinky. Well, like oh, I still I actually were, can't tell if this is the arcade version we're looking at. What's like Game Gear or something? This could be the Super Nintendo version, which was '91 and no famously way. was no, not. Super two Nintendo players. version looks so good. I know. Well, but I'm just think, like this looks incredible compared to like what a brawler on the NES would have looked like. What's What's the situation with Switch? It's in the there's a Capcom Brawler collection. Oh, oh yeah. You okay. can play it on that. Cool. I have a bunch of Capcom's arcade brawlers. I want to play those D D games again. I haven't played those in a long time. The brawlers. Yeah, those are great. You know, Congrats. they released a second You're, Final Fight called Final Fight Final Fight Guy. And I for, think the only difference is that it's two player. Uh, you can play as Guy. They added yeah. Guy in. And then on NES there is a final fight, not this final fight, but it's called Mighty no. Final Fight. And it's a cheap Mighty Final Fight. <laughs> Yep. And then uh, it was ported to Game Boy Advance in 2001. Oh, fun. Yep. Congrats, your losing streak has come to an end. Rude. Counting back up. 
It's another win for you. Thank you for the suggestion. Kenny in Nashville, uh, listeners, viewers, if you have your own suggestions for video game 20 questions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to Alan working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. I hope everyone, if you can, uh, have fun playing Horizon this weekend or watching Uncharted in movie theaters, I guess. That's another fun thing you do. Have fun watching Mm -hmm. Love is Blind on Netflix. Mm -hmm. My name is Damon. Uh, Oh, Tina, you're not going to be here next week, right? That's right. I'm not going to be here next week. I'll be traveling. You'll be traveling. Mm -hmm. You'll be missed. We'll find someone capable to attempt to fill your shoes. Can can Lion just host in in your stead? She could. She'd just rub the camera over and over as all of her responses. She might not get you anywhere for 20 questions. That's fine. Damon, was there a meta this week to Final Fight? There was no meta this week. Okay. Always fun to play the meta, though. Okay. Not always a meta, sometimes. And that's part of the meta in its own. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> anyway, my name is Damon. This is IGN Games You Wrapped. I never told you I was broken, that I'd never be the same. So many words were left and spoken, and now you're on the plane.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.